0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And also, we have a special guest with us today on the telephone. He is Rev. Mark Allison of the Free Presbyterian Church in Malvern, Pennsylvania.
1: It's a joy to join you on this broadcast, and I look forward to our time together.
0: Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's nice to have you here, and... um, This program, within the milieu of theology, current events, history, seeks to answer listener questions. Sometimes listeners will email us their questions, sometimes we will think up a question ourselves. But um, in the media, and perhaps you've seen the billboards around, there is a lot of talk right now about a particular Bible teacher by the name of Harold Camping. And I want to preface right away this discussion that we're not bashing Harold Camping. Um, In this uh, broadcast, uh, we want to deal with uh, his actions and his teachings in a respectful manner, and uh, it's not our purpose to bash the person. But, um, you know, uh, I get a number of emails sent to me because, um, you know, certainly we're running a broadcast ministry here. Quite a few people have been contacting us from around the United States. Um, More recently from northern New Jersey, Uh, Long Island, uh, the New York City area, because Harold Camping has one of his stations in that area. We've also had contacts from Philadelphia area, um, from Annapolis, uh, Washington, D.C., quite a few contacts from California, uh, some contacts from various places around the world because we stream on the Internet. But uh, a concern that folks have, that it's a recurring concern is uh, regarding Harold Camping. Um, gentlemen, uh, I know we don't have a lot of time today, but um, who could help us uh, understand a little bit of the um, difficulties that you have seen with the teaching of Harold Camping? Perhaps it's affected your church. Um, maybe Mark Allison, you could start us off.
1: Well, when I became pastor of the Free Presbyterian Church in Malvern, uh, there were a number of members in our congregation that were. Very loyal to the teachings of Harold Camping. And then in 2001, he taught his people that they need to leave the local church because it had been given over to Satan. Uh, None of the people who left us would have said that our church was given over to Satan, but they left nonetheless because they thought that that was inevitable. And we must have lost 12 to 14 people immediately who just left the church and felt that... uh, the only way that they could go forward with the Lord was to be outside the body of Christ. Mm. Uh, so it's quite a ripple effect that Mr. Camping is having. It's not merely that he is saying that Christ is coming uh, May the 21st, 2011. It's some of these other teachings that go along with that prediction that are really quite devastating.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the whole enchilada, as they would say. Yes. Um, Harold has a... Um Mr. Camping has a very uh, unusual way of interpreting Scripture. I can remember, and I should give a little bit of our background here, as a teenager growing up in the 70s, now that's going to date me, <laughs> but uh, I tuned in to WFME Newark. Uh, we lived in Glenford, New York. My dad had an FM antenna mounted on the top of his house. We turned that thing and received from the south, about 80 miles away, WFME would come in. And in those days, it was a helpful station. And by and large, the doctrinal teaching over the station was was quite biblical. And I do recall uh, tuning in to Mr. Camping. And in those earlier days, I would say it was rather helpful to me. Uh, He may talk about, in those days man's total depravity and how that um, God alone is the one who works in our salvation, and uh, I think he was helpful to me in those days. As time went on, went away to college, uh, came back, got a job in engineering, and in about 1983, my dad approached me and mentioned that there was this little group in the Rhinebeck, New York area who needed some engineering help because they were working on a family radio translator station. And so the short of it was that I I agreed to help, and family radio was then heard in the Rhinebeck area, the Kingston area. And the signal wasn't perfect because we were receiving a long distance. But anyway, that's how we got our feet wet, as it were. Um, It wasn't apparent to me of any severe problems with Mr. Camping's teaching in those days. Um, But as I researched for this program today, I found out that uh, there was actually a prediction he had made in 1978 to his Alameda church that the rapture would occur that year. So I really didn't know about all this stuff. And, in fact, uh, there's been a number of predictions he's made, all false. about ten of them, I believe, and they're now documented on the Internet. But as time went on, uh, we would get engaged in helping Family Radio Up and down the Hudson Valley of New York State, placing translator stations, getting them running, maintaining them. And then finally, uh, building a full-service station for Kingston, New York, WFRH. And um, that went on the air October of '93. And we thought, oh, finally, we have a strong signal here, and it was a nice clear feed because it was satellite-fed. And a lot of our problems will go away. Well... We had no idea what was coming down the pike, because um, the next thing we learned was that um, camping had predicted that Jesus was going to return September the 6th, 1994. Do any of you guys remember that?
1: Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was quite a confusion here in the church in Malvern, and uh, the book is, uh, well, he still says that the book was right, it was just the wrong event, but he still using some of that literature that he put out at that time. Mm -hmm. Now he says uh, the return is May the 21st.
2: Yeah. My experience uh, mirrored yours, Dan. Actually, your experience mirrored mine, because I remember him in the 60s. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm a little older than you are. (laughs) (laughs) My senior. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, FME was a radio station I grew up with. And uh, even when we came back and I was running a Christian retreat center in the – in the 80s, uh, we used to listen to FME and the. Right. You remember the Great Saturday Morning March oh, and yes. Omar and Deal and all those. Ken the, Boone and, and all Ken those Boone. guys. Oh, sure. yeah. This, this was great. But we moved out to Illinois and I took a church in Illinois for 12 years. And um, somebody came up to me at that time, I remember, uh, in the 90s and said, Yeah, family radio. Harold Camping, he predicted the end of the world. And I said, Nah.
3: That's not camping it. No, I no. couldn't believe it
2: I just couldn't believe it Because his teaching Had always been so sound mm-hmm. In the earlier years
0: When I had heard it and, and then when It proved to be true It
2: was just uh, baffling
0: to me Yeah Well, what we'll do Is we'll take a short break And uh, continue on On the other side of the break You're listening to A Plain Answer Here at Redeemer Broadcasting I'm Dan Elmendorf In the studio with me The Reverend Mark Diedrich And on the phone today The Reverend Mark Allison Stay with us We'll be right back
3: Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
0: And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and the studio with me today is the Rev. Mark Diedrich, and on the phone, the Rev. Mark Allison. We've been talking about Mr. Harold Camping, some of you have written to us here at the station asking about this particular gentleman. And uh, there's a great deal of confusion going on right now. Um, what we're seeing from at least our vantage point is that he's created a following of people that just follow him as they would say hook, line, and sinker. Um, I've been following some of the postings on the Internet. And uh, if if um, someone posts a uh, comment... Uh, taking Mr. Camping to task and questioning his teaching. His followers will just spout off a bunch of verses that are really not connected to anything, assuming that they're proving the point. Um, what kind of reactions have you fellows seen uh, by, the, by the Camping followers? You know, sometimes they're called Campingites. Uh, which which happens when a cult develops, they, they, it becomes an ite, <laughs> and so now we have camping Nights. What what kind of reaction from these folks have you guys observed?
1: Well, we have a number of our men who used to uh, uh, go on mission trips with Harold Camping's ministries, Family Radio Ministries, throughout the world, and they're still in close contact with people who believe in the May the twenty first, two thousand eleven date. Uh, we had some of our men give testimony. We put it on a radio broadcast mm-hmm. two of our elders and three of our deacons as to how the Lord brought them out of that mindset uh, around the year 1994 when camping uh, falsely predicted Christ's coming. So we have tried to maintain uh, ties with some of these brethren and uh, encourage them to listen to the testimonies and to listen to some of the sermons that have been done of late. And uh, the result has been that some of them very arrogantly have said, you know, you're just following the testimony of men, but we're we're following the testimony of Scripture, and nothing could be further from the truth. But having said that, it's almost like a blind allegiance uh, to whatever is coming out of Mr. Camping's mouth. Uh, There's there's nothing coming from the followers and, and working its way up the ladder, as it were, to Mr. Camping, and then Mr. Camping teaching what his followers have come up with. It's always the other way around. He is the oracle. He is the one coming up with something from Scripture, and then his followers just blindly accept it.
0: Yeah,
2: I have some questions for you, Mark. And and the reason I have these questions is because, I'll be honest, I haven't had a lot of study in what Harold Camping is doing, because since I've moved back here, when I was in Illinois, nobody followed Camping there. Uh, There was no followers of his there because family radio wasn't in our area. Mm -hmm. And when I came back here, of course, I I came back in an area, and of course, Dan is on top of all of this. But in our church, we didn't lose anybody since I have been there to Harold Camping. And, And so here's one of my concerns about Harold Camping. What is being taught in terms of the gospel?
1: By Mr. Camping.
2: By Mr. Camping. Here's one of the things that seems to be disturbing uh, to me, and that is that there is another gospel being taught. The focus isn't on the gospel. The focus is on the date. The focus is on getting out of the church. The focus is on this or that, but it is not on Jesus Christ. Is that a fair estimation?
1: I would say that from our vantage point that most of the focus is on the the date, but uh, even when he does speak, about what we would consider to be the gospel, the death, the resurrection of Christ, he has become very bizarre in these last uh, years. He believes now that Christ died before the foundation of the world, and that it was in his death before the foundation of the world that he actually bore away our sins, so that the death on the cross was merely a picture of what he had done before the world began, but there was no sin bearing uh, on the cross. Now this kind of dick scripture, uh, on every hand, because the Scripture yes. very clearly says that Christ bare our sins in his own body on the tree. You can see that yeah. in first Peter chapter
2: 2. It, besides that, it seems to me, for example, I happen to know someone who is a, a long-time friend of, of his, and uh, I won't mention the name, but he's uh, a long-time friend of his, and if I understand right, and of course I've got this mostly through Dan, um, that uh, he has tried to uh, talk to Harold and, and bring him back. And and Harold's response to him is basically that he is lost.
0: Mm, that is true. Um, when this gentleman uh, talked with Mr. Camping, uh, he, sa- he said, uh, tell your friends I'm a hard nut to crack, he, he put it. And uh, he considers that if you're still in your church, you know, faithfully worshiping Christ, as I would say, um, but if you're still in your church and you haven't bought into this uh, time scheme and all the Harold Camping teachings, he believes that you're going to go to hell. And his doctrine of hell has changed also. Yeah. Have you fellas heard about that?
1: He now is teaching that uh, the soul is annihilated and so that yeah. there isn't an, an eternal torment, like mm. Scripture would say.
2: Right. But But to me... When he knowing this person who is a faithful preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to tell him he's lost hmm. because he does not follow what Harold Camping says, right. that tells me this is another gospel which is no gospel at all. That's true. And that's frightening. That's, that really bothers me.
1: I think it is as well. He, he has this notion that uh, revelation has been given at the end of the world, that men did not know beforehand. So if you and I do not see things the way that he sees it, it's evidence that the Holy Spirit does not dwell within us. And Mm -hmm. uh, since his prophecy, prophetic teachings uh, indicate that the whole church was given over to Satan in 1988, he would actually believe that every preacher of the gospel is actually Satan-inspired if he is not holding to these dates, Mm -hmm. uh, indicating that they have this revelation like Harold
0: Camping. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Camping's position right now, if we were to summarize it concerning the Church, is that um, he believes that Satan is in all of the churches. Um, he doesn't parse out the fact that, yeah, there are some churches that are not faithful to the Gospel. He just paints with a broad brush that Satan is ruling in all the churches. And when I hear him say that, I think... Wait a minute, this reminds me of something in the scripture. Didn't Jesus talk about ascribing to Satan the works of the Holy Spirit? When Mr. Camping stands up and proclaims that um, a preacher in, in a church is basically just explaining things from Satan's viewpoint, or baptism is no longer valid, it's of Satan, or The Lord's table, as it's celebrated, as it's served, Mm -hmm. as Christ is there at the head, um, is of Satan. To me, as I understand it, I, I think he's guilty of ascribing to Satan the works of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is faithfully doing within good churches at this time.
2: Yeah, I would definitely say that that's the case. you know. And it kind of reminds me, when somebody uses the term spirit, we have the Spirit of God. Yeah. Well, how do you get at that? Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at the scriptures. Are there any plain teachings in scriptures that, that say that this is going to happen, that we are not going to, that the church will end, in spite of the fact that mm. Ephesians says that Christ died for the church so that he could bring it without spot or blemish? In ephesians mm-hmm. five uh while well, we know the church is still being perfected somehow that had to have happened in the past I, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense in other words we've we've got scriptures that that say that very clearly there's no scriptures that have abrogated the sacraments right uh, you know. When we see all this, it reminds me of the time of the Reformation when Luther was dealing with the the Schwermer, as he called it, the enthusiasts, or Thomas Munzer was one who said, well, I have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit tells me this. You know, of course, Luther says, I I don't go in the corner and try to find the Holy Spirit. I go to the God's Word, and Mm, there I find the Holy Spirit. And that's where we find the Holy Spirit is in God's Word, and to... To say somehow we've got the Holy Spirit that somehow trumps God's word yeah. or allows us to to give it an interpretation which is completely off the wall. Uh, that's not. I, yeah. I can't see that as God's Spirit.
1: Not not at all. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And uh, the terminology that the church has been given over to Satan. He's using biblical terminology when he says someone is given over to Satan. Uh, Paul uses that language. In dealing with someone who's put out of the church. In First Corinthians five, mm-hmm. someone was involved with great immorality and put out of the church. And then in First mm-hmm. Timothy chapter one, there's a man guilty of blasphemy and put out of the church. So in other words, Paul was putting them back into Satan's domain, outside of the church. To say that the church now is given over to Satan. Where does that leave man? Mm-hmm. Outside of the church is Satan's domain. Now scamping is saying inside the church is Satan's domain. Uh, it, it is blasphemous to think that uh, a man who is faithfully proclaiming the word is actually a messenger and a tool of the devil. Uh, now, Mr. Camping will point to churches that have apostatized, but that has happened ever since the days of the apostle. Uh, sure. We, we yeah. have that in our day, there's nothing new in that regard. We yeah. start new churches when the old churches go bad. But that's not the same thing as a faithful church preaching the Word and obeying the Scriptures.
2: And mm-hmm. in, in, Indeed, you even see that in Revelation with the seven churches. Which I have a question for you, Mark, since I know you have studied this, Harold Camping and, and what he teaches, much more than I have. Does he hold a, a view of the seven churches of Revelation? Does he hold a, a church age interpretation of those seven churches of Revelation?
1: That I'm not sure of. Yeah. Uh, he has... A certainly a prophetic calendar whereby he believes that there are three great harvests uh, that have come to the church the first great harvest was leading up to the time of christ the second great harvest he said ended in nineteen eighty eight and the third great harvest he said began in nineteen ninety four that's where the ninety four date is now being used by him and so we are now in that last harvest and he says because the church was given over to Satan in nineteen eighty eight this harvest is being carried out by uh, those outside of the church. And he is, in that sense, a dispensationalist in that he has different dispensations. The church age, he now says, is over, completely over, and everything is being done outside of the church. Mm -hmm. So where that would put his prophecy in relationship to the seven churches, uh, usually men who have the different churches as representative of an age are going to say that last church is the age in which we're living. But he believes the church age is completely
2: gone. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I wondered if it was that. And, of course, I think that teaching is kind of off the wall, too, because it's just, obviously, but one of Mm -hmm. the things you you see, and as you've been pointing out, is we've had churches that have various corruptions all through, and we have Mm -hmm. it in in Revelation as well,
0: the seven churches. Uh, with some of them having some pretty serious problems. You know, I'm reminded of a couple of things. One is we're almost out of time, believe it or not, for this program. But um, when Paul, the apostle, speaks to um, the Ephesians, and in particular he's talking about wives and husbands, I think it's wonderful how he ties in the church. He says, "'Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church.'" and he is Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. And then he goes on and he has words to the husbands. But if the church age has ended, then I guess these words, they don't hold to husbands and wives either anymore.
3: Right? <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah, and, then,
0: and then another thing I was thinking about, before we mentioned baptism, and um, it's interesting when we read the Great Commission, and we don't think about Harold Camping, and therefore we get a true picture of the Scripture. Uh, Jesus says this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so here's this great commission, with the instruction to baptize new believers, um, and it binds us, if you will, until the end of the age. And yet Harold Camping just rips that out of Scripture and says, no, we don't need to do baptism anymore.
1: That's right. When you start taking away from the Scripture that which Mr. Camping takes away, you don't have the Lord's Table, you don't have baptism, there is no submission to elders because there's no elders or pastors, and there's no local church. No well, when you start looking at the New Testament especially the epistles, that wipes out most of the epistles.
0: That's right. Yeah, it you know, we're out of time already for this broadcast. Perhaps we need to have a follow-up one. I do want to add this, though. Um, Mark Allison, you mentioned 1988, and it's interesting how events in Harold's life get folded back into future prophecies for him. And indeed, it was in 1988 when he was challenged by the elders in the Alameda Christian Reformed Church regarding his teachings, and he left that church. He split it, and for a while formed his own church. And that was 1988. Significantly, it looks from the data that it was approximately May of 1988. And so it's interesting how that events in his life get folded back into future events make-believe teachings that he just creates out of thin air, and then all of his followers just follow lockstep to this, to this nonsense, basically, that Christ has done with the Church starting in 1988. We have just uh, another minute for wrap-up thoughts. Mark Allison, uh, you go first.
1: I would hope that your listeners, if they're tempted at all by what Mr. Camping is teaching, would come back to the Scripture and base everything on the Word of God. You don't have to be afraid of the Scriptures. Uh, if Christ does not come May the 21st, as I believe He won't, uh, that does not mean the Scripture is untrue. It just means that Mr.
2: Camping is untrue in the statements that he has been making. Amen. And I second that. Just go back to the Scriptures. Hmm. See what the the normal understanding of what the Scriptures is and go with that because God gave us the Scriptures for us
0: to understand and to follow. Amen to that. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today here on A Plain Answer. And if our listeners have questions, uh, particularly for you, Mark Allison, uh, you mentioned some people that have come out of Campingism, and you have their testimonies. um, We would be so delighted to connect you, dear listener, Uh, with this Pastor Mark Allison in Malvern, Pennsylvania, so that he could follow up with you. Just contact us here. Send us an email. It's ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. That's ministry at org. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio today has been the Rev. Mark Diedrich and on the phone, the Rev. Mark Allison. Thank you so much for tuning our way today. Please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.